David Shepard here, AMLA for Edmonton City Centre, proud new Democrat, and your host here on The Herd, coming to you with episode three of season two, flying solo today. Because, of course, things are getting a little busier. We were back in the legislature after constituency break. That's why we weren't here with you last week. But uh, folks have been, uh, of course, having to dig in now to a lot of legislation coming in. And, of course, the biggest concern, I think, on everyone's mind, the continuing advance and spread of COVID-19 here in the province of Alberta. So we got new numbers yesterday. Of course, these numbers are going to be old by the time they get this gets to you. And, unfortunately, the situation we know will be worse because there is a lag and delay time you know, when these cases uh, happen in the community and the effects we start to see. But the most recent numbers I've seen, we set a whole new record for the province of Alberta with 1,107 new cases uh, for a total of 10,382 active cases. So hospital numbers are going up. ICU usage is going up. Unfortunately, we are seeing further deaths. We in Alberta are now at the second highest number of COVID cases per capita in Canada. Only Manitoba has more. We're fourth in Canada for the hospitalization rate, for the number of people needing to go into hospital because of COVID-19. And unfortunately, as we do, we, the people of Alberta, us in the official opposition, individuals in the community, and indeed people operating businesses, people that want to know and need to understand the landscape we're working in and what further restrictions might have to come in or what might cause that to have to happen, everybody is flying blind. Because Jason Kenney and the UCP refuse to share any modeling data to the folks, the people in Alberta. Every other province is doing this. You can go in Ontario. They have an online dashboard. You can go and you can look at BC information right there online. They've released their modeling publicly. And actually, you know what? Today we saw the first modeling that anybody in Alberta has seen since April for our province. And you know what? It didn't come from Jason Kenney. It didn't come from the government of Alberta. It came from the government of Canada and Dr. Teresa Tam, Medical Officer of Health for Canada. They did more than Jason Kenney has been willing to do for months. But let's be clear. The numbers that we saw today uh, from Dr. Tam are staggering. It's, uh, it's extremely concerning that we continue to see this trend going up across Canada, COVID cases riding, rising, and the models that we saw from Dr. Tam. So prorated to Alberta, and again, with Alberta, we just had a little corner of the report, but if we take a look at the trends that they are projecting – if we are aggressive in the measures that we bring forward in the, in the province of Alberta, we're looking at maybe about 2,000 daily cases. If we choose to do nothing, if we do nothing more than we're doing currently, projections are 4,000 daily cases. And the worst case scenario, if we were to abandon all restrictions altogether, 12,000 daily cases. So this is not information that's coming from Jason Kenney and the UCP. For some reason, they don't want us to have anything to actually measure their decisions by, to determine why they are choosing the things they do, to be able to judge whether we are indeed being well represented by our government and whether they are making wise decisions to protect the lives and livelihoods of Albertans. So we've continued to call for that. We're going to continue to press this government to be open, honest, and transparent with Albertans so that folks can make decisions. And hopefully make some better decisions because we have far too many people who are still not taking this virus seriously. Let me just encourage you folks, please, going out in public, public indoor spaces, wear a mask. 
So let's talk about some of the things that happened in the past week and some of the issues that we've been bringing forward to try to address the situation and this lack of action from Jason Kenney and the UCP. So first of all, earlier this week, uh, my colleagues, uh, Shannon Phillips, and Rod Loyola, Rod was here with us last week, they, uh, they stepped forward to join small business owners in calling for more support from the government of Alberta. Because, of course, we saw some announced changes last week uh, that, were, that put some more restrictions on fitness businesses and a few other folks and that sort of thing. Not a lot of justification because, again, we're not getting the data or the explanation from the government. But they came forward with a few more changes. And knowing that, unfortunately, this government is backing us into a corner where we may have to face further restrictions, potentially a lockdown if they do not succeed in bringing down the COVID case count. We propose seven measures to try to support businesses that would be affected by the new restrictions and any potential future ones. So things like tripling the funding for the small medium enterprise relaunch grant, that's a program the government put forward, we think it should be even bigger to support businesses that are impacted. Matching the federal lockdown supports. Reinstating the commercial eviction ban, the government let that expire back in August, People or businesses may need that again. Reinstate the ban on utility shutoffs for another six months. Businesses are going to be facing challenges again under further restrictions. Renewing a call for 50% reduction on small business insurance and extending that into next year. Providing government-backed low-interest lines of credit to help keep businesses solvent. And introducing a COVID-19 risk index, we've been calling for this one for weeks. Again, just asking the government to provide some clarity for businesses so they can understand what the triggers are going to be, what what is going to make the government, at what point are they going to decide to impose further restrictions so that businesses can be prepared. That's, frankly, those are the kinds of supports that businesses are going to need if they're going to survive, if we have to bring in further restrictions as part of addressing the second wave of COVID-19. Now, one of the other things that we talked about uh, last week is the challenge that healthcare workers are facing. Because let's be clear, Jason Kenney and the UCP, they are putting all of the pressure on the healthcare system. That's been their only measurement up till now, has been talking about, well, how full are the hospitals? How much pressure? Oh, we still got some more capacity there? We're all good. Nobody has to change a thing. But let's be clear, the pressure is building on our healthcare system. Not only just on the number of beds that are available in the system itself, but we gotta remember all of that exists and only exists when we have the staff to man those beds. You can have all the respirators, all the beds in the world. If you don't have nurses to man them and doctors to provide the care, they're not worth a thing. So one of the challenges we know that healthcare workers are facing is that they have no support from this government. If they get sick or if they even have to isolate just because of an exposure to someone who had COVID-19. And let's be clear, this is happening all the time. As numbers rise, we are seeing more and more healthcare workers who have to take time off work and isolate, and they are being told, use your own sick time. So these folks are going to work every day. They are working overtime. They are putting in extra hours. They are putting themselves in a position where they are potentially risking their health where they have to at times isolate from loved ones because of their work and their exposure. And they're being told that if in the line of your work protecting and supporting Albertans' lives and health, you're exposed to COVID-19, dip into your personal sick pay. 
And if that happens more than once, well, you better hope you got lots of it banked up. That's not acceptable. So there were protections that were in place for those workers, and this they were allowed to lapse earlier this summer. So there had been supports here in the province of Alberta. They were revoked on July 6th. Alberta Health Services decided that COVID-19 wasn't enough of a problem anymore. It wasn't a serious enough issue. So they revoked that six pay. We are calling for that to be brought back. Alberta is only one of three Canadian provinces that doesn't currently provide some form of isolation wage support for physicians even. Because doctors, you got to recognize doctors are self-employed. They don't have paid sick time. They don't have that kind of coverage. If they can't work because in the line of their work, protecting the health of Albertans, they've been exposed to someone that had COVID-19. They are at home without pay. Alberta is the only one of three Canadian provinces that don't provide any form of support. So we're calling for this government to reinstate the sick leave that was available, the, uh, the special paid leave that was available to Alberta nurses and frontline health care workers. And we would love to see them stop fighting with doctors and actually protect and support them when we need them now more than ever in the midst of the second wave of COVID-19. One of the other things that we called for this week is a very simple thing. Like I said to y'all, one of the simplest things each and every one of us can do if we want to keep our economy open and we want to keep our local businesses surviving, if we just want to protect the lives of our friends, neighbors, and family, our grandparents, hey, if we want to see them this Christmas and be able to do that safely, one of the simplest things we can do is wear a mask. Wear a mask in indoor public spaces. Wear a mask in any situation where you're not able to stay two meters distance from anybody who's not part of your key cohort. Very simple thing. But unfortunately, what we've seen is that, you know, Jason Kenney, you know, we saw him at the AGM for the UCP sitting next to Aaron O'Toole, indoors, at a small table, no masks. We've, we've heard UCP MLAs, like MLA Shane Getz and MLA for Laxine and Parkland, this summer when he was talking to folks at a town hall and telling them that wearing masks is part of the reason why COVID was spreading so quickly in Edmonton and Calgary. Utter lack of leadership. Incredibly poor example. And unfortunately, some other Albertans are listening to them. So what we called for is something that every other province in Canada has moved forward with. A targeted mandatory mask policy. In Alberta, we're just suggesting that just be in those communities where they have the highest levels of COVID-19 spread. What's called the enhanced list from Alberta Health Services. So currently 91 of Alberta's 142 regions are on that enhanced list, and many of them currently do not have a simple mask policy in place. That includes places like Medicine Hat, Brooks, Drumheller, Cold Lake. Now let's be clear, you know, if you look over in Manitoba, the spread of COVID-19 in some of their smaller communities saw their hospitals quickly overwhelmed. Indeed, I saw an article just yesterday talking about how STARS, the helicopter air ambulance, is having to bring more people from remote communities with COVID-19 into other hospitals. So if this continues to spread in small communities, it is going to hit everybody in the province. Very simple thing. Jason Kenney could... Make a, could simply work with our chief medical officer of health and institute the most basic requirement that people just wear a mask in indoor public spaces in areas where we already know we have high spread of COVID-19. Here's the thing. Called for that in the legislature yesterday. Asked the minister if, hey, would he even just commit 
that members of the UCP, that all of their MLAs would just simply personally commit to setting a good example as provincial leaders in, and guarantee that they personally would wear a mask in all indoor public spaces, refused to make that commitment. And instead pointed next door and said, well, hey, B.C., you know, uh, this summer, Dr. Bonnie Henry in B.C. said, oh, we don't need a mask policy at the moment because people have personal responsibility. Well, two hours after Tyler Shandro said that in the legislature, B.C. implemented <laughs> their mandatory mask policy for the province of B.C. So if uh, Mr. Shandro is such a big fan of Minister Dix and uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry in the province of B.C., hopefully he'll follow their example. And follow what we're calling for, bringing that mandatory mask policy here in the province of Alberta. So moving off the COVID beat for a moment, talking about indigenous communities here in the province of Alberta. Now, certainly uh, one of the good things that we did see from the federal government today is that they have announced some specific funding to support First Nations communities and indigenous communities that are experiencing outbreaks of COVID-19. So that's wonderful to see. But there are other challenges that we know indigenous communities face as well and have certainly faced in the past. And the fact that these communities are vulnerable now to the spread of COVID-19 is in part because of the history of systemic racism against First Nations in the province of Alberta. It's a big part of why they are facing the challenges that they have now, why they have a lack of the infrastructure and supports to make their communities more resilient and why the federal government needs to step in with further funding now. Now, of course, a few years back, recognizing that systemic racism, one of the things was the residential school system. And so we had the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that went across Canada and spoke with uh, individuals from indigenous communities who had experienced a residential school system. And of course, we've had the National Inquiry of Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. Both those groups, when they issued their final reports, having spoken to indigenous people across Canada, they both recommended the use of the term genocide to refer to the impact of the decisions that were made and to recognize the thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives that were lost as a result of Canada's actions towards the indigenous people on this land. So when we saw a bill coming forward from one of the UCP MLAs, Bill 205, the Genocide Remembrance, Condonation and Prevention Month Act, we were very interested to see what the members of the UCP would define as being a genocide. Now, what we have seen is that the uh, UCP, they've looked at a lot of other countries and a lot of actions taken by other governments, and they have termed those genocides, and they were listed in this bill as things that should be commemorated as part of the Remembrance, Condemnation, and Prevention of Genocide Month. However, they did not list Canada's actions towards and treatment of the indigenous people here. So my some of my colleagues, the NDP opposition members, they made that recommendation during the committee meeting where they were looking at that bill to include, and I quote, the atrocities committed against indigenous people by colonialism and including the ongoing murder and disappearance of indigenous women and girls. Unfortunately, sadly, that recommendation was voted down by all of the UCP MLAs at the committee. Despite the fact that that is the language of the reports from both the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and the National Inquiry of Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. And in response to that, then what do we see? We see the Premier Kenny's, Director of Issues Management, 
posted a Twitter thread denying that genocide had actually taken place against the indigenous people in Canada. So the hits just keep on coming. We know that, of course, uh, Mr. Kenny hired a speechwriter, Mr. Paul Bunner, who uh, had written several articles arguing the same, that maybe the residential school system wasn't all that bad and uh, these indigenous people were kind of just making it sound worse than it was. Chris Champion, as a curriculum advisor, also has published several very racist articles towards indigenous people denying the impact of residential school system and indeed then we saw just recently the new uh the new suggestions for the alberta social studies curriculum from uh, for k to four in which mr champion had a heavy hand and suggesting that you know well we can't talk about residential school systems with kids that young we'll talk about it later and we'll also make sure that when we talk about it we talk about how bad it was to be in a british boarding school so an appalling level of ignorance I think, and willful ignorance from this government and its MLAs and dismissal of the very real and lived experience of genocide of the indigenous people who live on this land that we now call Canada. Shameful. So we've called on the Ministry of Indigenous Relations a few times now to endorse the language of the National Inquiry Report, specifically acknowledging that it's a, that it's a genocide. He ducks the question every time. So unfortunate realities that we're facing with this government. Coming back around to talking about COVID-19 a little bit. So uh, this week, uh, my colleague Sarah Hoffman had a great press conference where she talked with some teachers who are struggling to find work because underfunded schools, pardon me, certainly not overfunded schools in the province of Alberta, whatever the UCP would like to say. Schools that are badly underfunded, and let's be clear, this UCP cut their budgets before these schools were hit with the realities of the changes that they've had to make with COVID-19. Schools that are struggling now as they have teachers and entire classes that have to isolate after COVID-19 exposures. Well, under uh, UCP Education Minister Adriana Lagrange's cuts to per-pupil funding and her failure to plan for COVID-19, schools unfortunately are left short-funded and they have been unable to hire many of the newly trained Alberta teachers, even though the pandemic has left those schools in a position where they desperately need teachers. I know I've heard this from teachers who suddenly find themselves having to teach twice as many students because one of their colleagues had to go into isolation. So suddenly now that teacher is teaching not only a classroom full of students in the school, they're teaching a bunch of extra students online. So the challenges and the pressures are real and schools are unable to meet those pressures, but they also don't have the money to hire teachers that are ready, willing and able to go in and do that work. And that is part of what we are seeing in general with this government as they continue to defund education, healthcare, our post-secondary institutions. We are experiencing what they call a brain drain. So young teachers, young nurses, young physicians are all looking and saying, Alberta is not a place where I can stay and work. So we're losing people, we're paid for their education, we help support their training, and then they're leaving our province. And they're going to leave a massive gap when older workers retire. So it's a real concern that we have. So that's the news of the past week, or sort of what's been happening. But uh, since I don't have a guest today, I thought I'd take a moment and answer a few questions that have come into me as a host of the podcast and as the MLA for Edmonton City Centre. So I'm going to take a look here through some of the questions that I've got. So one question here, what is stopping us from being on the federal COVID app? What's stopping us from being on the federal COVID app? Jason Kenney and Tyler Shandra. 
Now, this has been something we've discussed quite a bit. We've seen a lot more news over the last week, found out that indeed the federal COVID app, uh, pardon me, that the provincial COVID app has been used a total of 20 times. That's it. Since it was brought in this past spring. Now, Jason Kenney wanted to be the first in Canada to have a COVID, app, COVID tracing app in the province of Alberta because he wanted to get that economy restarted. He wanted to look forward and progressive. So he went out and he bought, he, well, he, so he went out and he paid a company to take an existing open source app, put a new skin on it, polish it up a little bit, and release it as Alberta Trace together. Now, when that app was released, it didn't work for a huge number of folks. I'm an iPhone user, have been for a very long time. That app would not work on my iPhone unless my iPhone was turned on and unlocked and that app was front and center. In other words, if my phone would become nothing but the EB Trace Together app for it to be functional. Absolutely useless. So when the federal app came out back in August, Premier Kenny said, oh, yes, absolutely, you know, we're working to adapt that here in the province of Alberta. They recognized the challenges they'd had. And, yeah, that was a nice press conference that we got out of this, but, you know, we should probably move over to the practical working app. All of a sudden this fall, we see this government pivoting. And they've come out with excuse after excuse. Their story keeps changing. And really what's clear is that Jason Kenny simply doesn't want to concede that Ottawa developed something that is more functional and working better than what he has paid for in the province of Alberta. So unfortunately, it would be very simple. Indeed, we could have both apps in the province of Alberta. Hey, I mean, this is the government loves to talk about consumer choice. They want choice in education. They want choice in healthcare. They don't want choice in an app that might save your life. <laughs> so what's stopping us from being able to be on the federal COVID app? Jason Kenney. And really, it's a simple decision. Set your ego aside, Premier. Give Albertans the choice. Let them use both apps. Sure, one is a contact tracing, one is a notification. They could work together. Let's put every tool that we can in Albertans' hands to help slow the spread of COVID-19. So another question here, why is Jason Kenney not answering briefings regarding COVID-19 and downloading responsibility to municipal governments and overworked AHS employees? Now, that's a very good question. And indeed, what we what we've seen is that, yeah, we will have another announcement today following the release of federal modeling data, which shows a very dire picture if action does not get taken in the province of Alberta. And Jason Kenney, Tyler Shandro will not be at the press conference with Dr. Hinshaw. They will not answer questions. They will not make themselves accountable for the decisions they are making. Because Dr. Inshaw has been very clear. She provides advice. And I'm sure she is providing the best possible advice she can based on the data, which Jason Kenney won't let us see. But based on her knowledge, her experience, and her data, she is making the best recommendations. But the decisions... The choices, even though choices that are announced by Dr. Hinch are those that have been approved by Jason Kenney, but he will not show up himself and answer questions or make himself accountable. And when we ask them questions in the legislature, they accuse us of attacking Dr. Hinshaw. Let us be clear. I 100% support Dr. Hinshaw, and I believe she is doing everything in her power to do the best possible for the people of Alberta to slow the spread of covid 19. But the decisions are made by Jason Kenney and Tyler Shandro. And let me tell you, there is a lot to criticize there. 
They chose, they knew coming into this winter what the pressures would be. They knew that they had promised to bring in mass testing and mass contact tracing. Those were the tools that were going to allow us to keep the economy open, and they have fallen down on the job. Contact tracing is a mess. Days, weeks behind. Schools on their own. Average Albertans, in many cases, left on their own. Said, use the texting system that we set up through AHS online. This is a government that has failed to show leadership. And now they are also failing to make themselves accountable for that failure. So absolutely, it's absolutely shameful. So folks, I hope you're keeping safe. I hope you're looking out for your friends, families, and loved ones. Uh, let's, let's be clear, this is, this is difficult times. This is not easy to do. And so I want you to know it's okay not to feel okay. We have hard days. I did five days of isolation just in the past week myself. And it was challenging. There were some tough times some of those days. But, you know, I've kept in touch with folks, you know, virtually and online. I had friends reach out. They dropped off some supplies for me. And I recognize I'm pretty fortunate as an MLA. I still get paid when I got to stay home. I can do some work from home. I know that's not true for a lot of folks out there. Know that there is support available. Reach out to your local MLA's office if you have any questions about financial support that's available, mostly through the federal government, because unfortunately our provincial government isn't showing much leadership there. But there are mental health supports. There are other ways to stay connected in the community. Because the way we're all going to get through this is together. Let me be clear. In saying that, I'm not absolving Jason Kenney and the UCP of their responsibility to show leadership and bring this under control. The premier likes to preach personal responsibility in bringing down the COVID-19 numbers. Let me be clear. I know a lot of Albertans who have been showing that personal responsibility for months now. This government needs to step up and take their responsibility to make the decisions they need to make. But in the meantime, each of us needs to continue to do what we can do to protect our friends, loved ones, to hopefully be able to have a safe Christmas together. So wear those masks, indoor public spaces. Keep two meters distance everywhere that you can. Keep your cohorts small and tight. Connect with people virtually. We can get through this together. We can save lives, and we can help support our local businesses and the folks that keep our economy and our communities going and continue to hold this government accountable. I'm going to be doing that. Rachel Notley is going to be doing that. All of my colleagues in the Alberta NDP are going to be doing that. And I know so many of you are doing that too because I get your emails, and I see the emails you're sending the Premier, and I see you sharing these stories on social media. Folks, keep doing it. And hey, while you're at it, share the podcast. The herd here every week. Let people know. So, folks, our thoughts are with you. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back again next week.